Welcome back, Coming Brainiacs, to the podcast, talking about Christina Georgina Rossetti. Um, very morbid, some very morbid poetry by old Christina, but uh, I liked it. I liked, which one did I like? Song, I think it was called. Um, and I, I liked a few of them, actually. Uh, Swim says... Miss Rossetti was the sister of Dante Rossetti. The internet tells us as a teenager, Christina suffered a nervous breakdown which was diagnosed during those times as religious mania. She was a committed high church Anglican who began to reject suitors who did not share her precise religious convictions. She ended up two engagement. She ended two engagements because her fiancés were converted to Roman Catholicism. Rossetti's poems explored repressed sexuality and sisterhood through a combination of fantasy and moral allegory. They were inspired by her real-life volunteer experience at St. Mary Magdalene Penitentiary in Highgate for prostitutes and unmarried mothers. After her death, her poem, In the Bleak Midwinter, became known after Gustav Holst used it as a Christmas carol, The Carol. Tecrific says, Sister of Dante Gabrielle Rossetti, and her poems aren't too shabby either. My favourites were Aloof, Remember, and Song, which were your favourites. Um, yeah, my favourites were, well, Song was up there. I can't remember the names of the others. They did all get a little bit sameish. Not in a bad way. I don't mean to say that in a bad way. Um, just in that they were all very morbid and about, like, dying, basically. Um... Swim says, my favourites were Remember, Aloof, and Song. Same three as Tech. Very cool. Uh, Okay, scrolling, scrolling. Today's poet is Thomas Edward Brown, 1830 to 1897, and the poem is called Dora. She knelt upon her brother's grave, my little girl of six years old. He used to be so good and brave, the sweetest lamb of all our fold. He used to shout, he used to sing, of all our tribe, the little king. And so unto the turf her ear she laid, to hark if still in that dark place he played. No sound, no sound. Death's death's silence was profound, and horror crept into her aching heart, and Dora wept. If this is as it ought to be, my God, I leave it unto thee. Jessie is the next poem. When Jessie comes with her soft breast and yields the golden keys, then is it as if God caressed twin babes upon his knees, twin babes that each to others pressed, just feel the Father's arms wherewith they both are blessed. But when I think... If we must part, and all this personal dream be fled, oh, then my heart, oh, then my useless heart, would God that thou wert dead, and clod insensible to joys and ills, a stone remote in some bleak gully of the hills. Selve. One moment. Just putting a dummy into a baby's mouth. Toby is spectating today, by the way. Selve. To live within a cave, it is most good. But if God make a day, and come one come, 
and say, Lo, I have gathered faggots in the wood. Even let him say, Stay, and light a fire and fan a temporal mood. So sit till morning, when the light is grown, that he the path can read. Then bid the man God speed. His morning is not thine, yet must thou own. They have a cheerful warmth, thou whose ashes on the stone. Dropping uh, some F-bombs there. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's referring to it in the original sense of the word. My garden is the next poem. A garden is a lovesome thing, God what? Rose plot, fringed pool, ferned grot, the veriest school of peace, and yet the fool contends that God is not, not God in gardens, when the eve is cool. Nay, but I have a sign, tis very sure God walks in mine. Edward Leighton, Leighton, Edward Leighton. Um, actually, I'm going to say this guy's full name just once because there is legit one, two, three, four, five words and a comma in between Edward and Leighton. It's Edward Robert Bull, sorry, Edward Robert Bulwer Leighton, Earl of Leighton. Um, or Edward Leighton for sure. 1831 to 1892. Guy's got way too many names. Taking liberties, mate. A night in Italy. Sweet are the rosy memories of the lips that first kissed ours, albeit they kiss no more. Sweet is the sight of sunset sailing ships, although they leave us on our lonely shore. Sweet are familiar songs, though music dips her hollow shell into thoughts forlornest wells, and sweet, though sad, the sound of midnight bells, when the oped casement with the night rain drips. There is a pleasure which is born of pain, the grave of all things hath its violet, else why, through days which never come again, roams hope with that strange longing like regret. Why put the posy in the cold dead hand? Why plant the rose above the lonely grave? Why bring the corpse across the sea, salt sea wave? Why deem the dead more near in native land? Thy name hath been a silence in my life, so long it falters upon language now. Oh, more to me than sister or than wife, once and now nothing, it is hard to know, that such things have been and are not, and yet life loiters, keeps a pulse at every measure, and goes upon its business at its pleasure, and knows not all the depths of its regret. Ah, could the memory cast her spots as do, the snakes brood theirs in spring, and be once more wholly renewed to dwell in the time that's new, with no reiterance of those pangs of yore. Peace, peace, my wild song will go wandering. Too wantonly down paths of private pain, hath trodden bare what was it jarred the strain, some crushed illusion left with crumpled wing. Tangled in music's web of twined strings, that started the false note and cracked the tune in its beginning. Ah, forgotten things stumble back strangely, and the ghost of June stands by December's fire cold, cold, and puts the last spark out. How could I sing aright with those old airs haunting me all the night, and those old steps that sound when daylight shuts? For back she comes and moves reproachfully, the mistress of my moods, and looks bereft, cruel to the last. As though it were I, not she, that did the wrong and broke the spell and left memory comfortless away, away, phantoms about whose brows the bewind, the, sorry, the bindweed clings. 
Hopeless regret in thinking of these things. Some men have lost their minds and others may. Yet, oh, for one deep draught in this dull hour, one deep, deep draught of the departed time, oh, for one brief strong pulse of ancient power to beat and breathe through all the valves of rhyme. Thou memory with thy downward eyes that art the cup-bearer of gods, pour deep and long, brim all the vacant chalices of song, with health, droop down this thine urn, I hold my heart, one draught of what I shall not taste again, save when my brain with thy dark wine is brimmed, one draught and then straight onward, spite of pain, and spite of all things changed, with gaze undimmed, love's footsteps through the waning post, to explore, undaunted, and to carve in the wane light, of hope's last outposts, on song's utmost height, the sad resemblance of an hour or more, midnight and love and youth and Italy. Love in the land where love most lovely seems. Land of my love, though I'd be far from thee, lend for love's sake the light of thy moonbeams, the spirit of thy cypress groves and all, thy dark-eyed beauty for a little while, to my desire yet once more let her smile fall over me, over me let her long hair fall. Under the blessed darkness unreproved, we were alone in that best hour of time which first revealed to us how much we loved, beneath the thick starlight, the young night sublime, hung trembling over us, at her feet I knelt, and gazed up from her feet into her eyes, her face was bowed, bowed, we breathed each other's sighs. We did not speak, not move, we looked, we felt. The night said not a word, the breeze was dead, the leaf lay without whispering on the tree, as I lay at her feet, drooped was her head, one hand in mine, and one still pensively went wandering through my hair. We were together. How? Where? What matter? Somewhere in a dream, drifting, slow drifting, down a withered stream. Whither? Together? Then what? Matter whither? It was enough for me to clasp her hand, to bend, blend with her love looks, my own, no more. Enough with thoughts like ships that cannot land, blown by faint winds about a magic shore, to realise in each mysterious feeling the droop of the warm cheek so near my own, the cool white arm about my shoulder thrown, the exquisite fair feet where I was kneeling. How little know they life's divinest bliss that know not to possess and yet refrain. Let the young psyche roam a fleeting kiss. Grasp it, a few poor grains of dust remain. See how those floating flowers and butterflies hover the garden through and take no root. Desire forever hath a flying foot. Free pleasure comes and goes beneath the skies. Close not thy hand upon the innocent joy that trusts itself within thy reach. It may or may not linger. Thou canst but destroy the winged wanderer. Let it go or stay. Love thou the rose, yet leave it on its stem. Think Midas starved by turning all to gold. Blessed are those that spare and that withhold, because the whole world shall be trusted them. The foolish fawn pursues the unwilling nymph that culls her flowers beside the precipice or dips her shining hair. Oh, sorry. Mozzie nearly landed on my face. Uh, Or dips her shining ankles in the lymph. But just when she must perish or be his, heaven puts an arm out 
safe. She is safe. The shore gains some new fountain, or the lilied lawn, a rarer sort of rose, but ah, poor fawn. To thee she shall be changed for evermore. Chase not too close the fading rapture. Leave to love his long auroras slowly seen. Be ready to release as to receive. Deem those the nearest soul to soul between, whose lips yet lingers reverent on a sigh. Judge what thy sense can reach not, most thine own. If once thy soul hath seized it, the unknown is life to love, religion, poetry. The moon had set, there was not any light, save of the lonely legioned watch stars, pale in outer air, and what by fits made bright, hot oleanders in a rosy veil, searched by the lamping fly, whose little spark went in and out like passion's bashful hope. Meanwhile the sleepy globe began to slope, a ponderous shoulder sunward through the dark, and the nights passed in beauty like a dream, aloof in those dark heavens, paused destiny. With her last star descending in the gleam of the cold morrow from the emptied sky, the hour, the distance from her old self, all the novelty and loneliness of the place had left a novel, a lovely awe on that fair face, and all the land grew strange and magical. As droops some billowy cloud to the crouched hill, heavy with all heaven's tears for all earth's care, she drooped unto me without force or will, and sank upon my bosom murmuring there a woman's inarticulate passionate words a moment of all moments upon earth of O life supreme how worth how wildly worth whole worlds of flame to know this world affords what even eternity cannot restore when all the ends of life take hands and meet round centres of sweet fire are never more ah never shall the bitter with the sweet be mingled so in the pale after years one hour of life's immortal spirits possess. This drains the world and leaves but weariness. And parching passion and perplexing tears, sad is it that we cannot even keep that hour to sweeten life's last toil. But youth grasps all and leaves us, and when we would weep, we dare not let our tears fall, lest in truth they fall upon our work which must be done. And so we bind up our torn hearts from breaking our eyes from weeping and our brows from aching, and follow the long pathway all alone. The Last Wish Since all that I can ever do for thee is to do nothing, this is my, my prayer must be, that thou mayest never guess nor ever see that all endured this nothing done costs me. interesting one all right folks thanks for listening to that see you tomorrow